Amen. If you're able to open your Bible, turn to Luke 11. Amen. So what are you doing tonight? We're having an outdoor service. Young men of the church would like to have one. And, and uh, so we, we want to be a blessing, do something different, have a little evening service outside. And uh, just to change things up, throw the devil a curveball. Amen. Break up the traditions of uh, religion. Amen. Luke chapter number 11, a beautiful passage of Scripture, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And because uh, I love what the main part of this is starting about is prayer. I love prayer. I love to pray. My flesh hates it. But I love the results. I love the communion with God. But my flesh, my knees, my elbows, my shoulders, my time does not like prayer. Amen. The flesh hates it. But the results, the flesh loves. Amen. And uh, But we're going to go ahead and start there in verse 1. And it came to pass that is, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said on him, Lord, teach us to pray as John, taught, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so on earth, give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we also forgive every one that is indebted to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Bless tonight's service now in Jesus' name. Amen. Those passages, those verses is not our text tonight, but I just want to make a couple comments before we get into our text. Jesus had a certain place to pray. Jesus had a place that he went and got alone and talked to the Father. He had a certain place. You ought to have a closet, a spiritual closet. If it's getting on a bicycle and riding on a bike path and that's your prayer time, then that's your prayer time. I used to like to get in my truck when I was a single man, grab a cup of coffee, and I'd like to ride around and pray as I drove. Amen. And I had that was my prayer closet. Getting alone, I was getting away from everybody, I was isolated. The Bible said Jesus had a solitary place. You got to get somewhere where you can be alone and you can concentrate. You shut the world out, shut the radios off, the TV out, shut the phone off, and spend time with God. Amen? You got to have a certain place. You got to have a place where you go to God. Hey, listen, I don't care if a lady takes and buries her face in her apron and bows her head sitting in a chair and isolates everything. Say, God, I'm tuning the world out. I'm listening to you. I want to talk to you. Listen, I got no problem. I've literally laid in closets on top of people's shoes trying to pray. Because I thought you had to be in a closet. You understand? But you got to have a certain place. Amen? And prayer. These men wanted to be taught to pray. Not how to pray, but to pray. And Michael Ragland, my dear friend, says this. In order to, pr to learn to pray, one must pray. Praying is something that's learned, that you spend time doing and talking and communicating. How do you build communications with somebody? You must talk to them. Well, if you're going to build a communication with God, you got to you got to talk to them. Amen? Amen. Prayer is learned. Prayer is lonely. Amen? Prayer is labor. I mean, it takes work. Laboring in prayer. Sometimes you got to go the extra mile and pour your heart out in your prayers. It's a labor. Amen? Yeah. And if you don't feel it with your heart, what makes you think God's going to feel it? 
Not only is it a labor, amen, but prayer is the life of a Christian. Yeah. Amen. If we're, we're as strong and as powerful as our prayer life is. When I got ordained, Brother Joel Wren told me, he said, Brother, you only go as far for God as you go on your knees. Amen. A Christian is no more powerful than his prayer life. If we have a weak prayer life, we have a weak Christian life. Amen. Prayer is life. It's the life of the Christian. Amen. It's the life of the church. It was the life of Christ. Christ prayed all the time. Amen. And prayer is longing for God. Chuck Colson said this, Pastor Colson, he said this. He said, prayer is a love affair with Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'll spend time in prayer, it'll be a love affair. If you want to be intimate with God, you will spend time talking to Him and loving on Him and adoring Him. Amen. It's a shame they only sing that song, Oh, come let us adore Him when they say He was born. But we ought to adore Him all the time. And when we're talking to Him in prayer, we ought to tell Him how much we adore Him and we love Him and bless Him. Amen. And be effectual. Listen, my wife, my wife loves to hear sweetheart. She loves to hear honey and baby and uh, duh. Amen. And she loves that four-letter word, love. I love you. You know what Jesus loves? He loves to hear those words. I love you. Right? He's told us over and over again how much He loves us. And Lord, I'm thinking of you today, and I just want to tell you I love you. Lord, you're everything to me. And you're the best. You're the greatest. And I adore you. Well, He likes it. Well, you can't ever get over saying those words too much to Him. Amen. Prayer is love. Amen. It's love to the Lord. And if you love the lost, prayer will be love for the lost. You'll pray for them. You'll spend time on your face and say, God, the lost going to hell. They need God. If you care about people that you work with and your family, amen, when you're in prayer and you love them, you'll pour your heart out before God for the salvation of their souls. Prayer's love for the Lord. Prayer's love for the lost. Prayer's love for your loved ones. And this is one I don't like. Amen. Prayer's love for your enemies. <laughs> amen. Prayer will change my heart and help me to love my enemies. I don't want to. I'm going to stick them. Right? Amen. That's what we want to do. I don't want to pray for them. Let them die. <laughs> right? Amen. But God will soften my heart and help me. Listen, Job said, God maketh my heart soft. My heart needs to be made soft. And you know what happens when I pray for them which despitefully use me and I pray for them that are my, I consider mine enemies that are out to try to hurt me and I bathe them in prayer and I labor in prayer over them. God changes my heart and gives me a love those people. That's where it's at is in prayer. Prayers loathed by the flesh. Prayers loathed by the foe, our devil. Prayers loathed by the Pharisees. Old time Pharisees, they, they only want to pray to be seen in the flesh. But they don't want to really spend time in prayer and do business with God. By way of introduction, I want to call your attention to verse 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend? Anybody got a friend here? Which of you shall have a friend and shall go on to him when? At midnight. How many people you want waking you up at midnight? Right? Shall go to him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. Now, now he's begging. He said, Hey, get out of bed and 
Give me some vittles. Right? For a friend of mine is in a journey, and he's, and he's come to me, and I have nothing to set before you. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, and I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though, because he's his friend, uh, he will not rise and give him because he's his friend. Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, everyone that seeketh findeth, every him that knocketh shall be open. If a son asks bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? If he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask you? Amen. First of all, I'd like to say in verse 8, that through prayer, old-time prayer, burdened hearts are relieved. Amen. This man came to his friend. He had a burdened heart. And through importunity, through real importune prayer, pressing solicitation, a genuine need, he came to his friend. He had a burdened heart, and that burdened heart was relieved. People got a burdened heart. Listen, if they'll go to the old altar and they'll pour their heart out to God, God will meet that need and deliver that burden. Cast our cares upon him. Listen, you got to care for a loved one. You got care for a co-worker. You got a burden. I mean, a genuine burden. Say your car is a burden and you need a new one. There's nothing wrong with going to God and saying, God, my car, my vehicle, it's trouble, it's problems, it's a money pit, it's a money trap. I need help. God, deliver me. I need a vehicle. And you keep pouring your heart out to God. I'm telling you, he'll come and deliver and meet your burden. I'm not no health and wealth and prosperity preacher, but I'm telling you, he cares about us. He knows our needs. A burdened heart is relieved there in verse 8. I say unto you, though, he will not rise and give him because he's friend. Yet, because of his importunity, the situation that he's in, the stressing situation he's in, his friend will rise up and give him, not because he's his friend, but because he has a, a burden that needs relieved. Number two, verse eight, empty hands are filled. <laughs> this guy's empty. He don't have what he needs. He needs something. Amen? He has no way to be able to find, friend, lend me three loaves. I'm broke. I don't have nothing. I need something to help somebody. Friend, I need you. Amen. You know what God did? God filled his hands with bread. Yep. You know how many times I go to my prayer closet and I say, God, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, I need bread. I need something from you to feed your people. God, I got sermons in my briefcase. I got sermons written in my Bible. But God, I need bread, the bread of life. The bread of heaven to give me something to sustain and help your people in these days. He supplies. He gives me bread. <laughs> now you might think it's stale. You might not think it's very good. But God feeds me through the word of God and helps me that I might. He fills my hands. Amen. With the word of God. Next. You'll like this one. Number three. Amen. He says in verse 7, and he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door's what? The door's now shut, and I cannot rise and give thee. You know what old time prayer do, Brother Caleb? It opens closed doors. 
Amen. There's closed doors. Amen. There's nations that are closed to the gospel. But if we would pray and fast and seek God's face, He can open those closed doors. Amen. Churches all over our country are shutting the doors. They're giving up. They're packing in. Hey, there's preachers that are praying and begging God and getting those church buildings and opening up church services and having church services. They're opening closed doors. How do you do that? On your knees? Yeah. On your knees? Amen. Amen. <laughs> that sounds like the God of the impossible, doesn't it? Yeah. Amen. What's impossible with man is possible with God. Yeah. Next, number four. Verse 8, But I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him his what? As many as he needed. You know what happened through that prayer? A relationship was strengthened. A friend came to another friend and he said, Friend, I need you. This is a moment of crisis. This is a moment of need. I know it's a bad time, but I need you. You know what his friend did? He got up, got out of bed. Amen. And he went down and handed his friend what he needed. You know what that did? That made a bond in their friendship. You know what praying will do? It'll help build a bond in your friendship when you begin to pray for people. Amen. It'll help you love them and care about them. This man's relationship was strengthened through importunity. Next, number five. You ready? Verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of a father, or of any of you that is a father, will he give him what? A stone. Or if he ask a fish, will he, for, for a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him what? A scorpion. You want to know something that happens in prayer, Brother Nick? Common sense is revealed. You know what we need? We need, we need God's wisdom. We don't need just worldly wisdom. And this man goes to God and he prays, and God is telling these disciples in prayer and fellowship with them that when you go to God, God's got common sense. If you ask for a fish, will you give him a stone? Will you give him a scorpion? No, that's common sense. A father's not going to give his child anything that's going to hurt him. That's just common sense. Now, because somebody does something wicked in this world and a wicked person treats their child wicked, like a parent giving their child a joint or giving their child some whiskey or some booze, that's stupidity. That's not common sense. We're not. We're talking about somebody here that's got common sense. Anybody has got common sense is not going to let their kid play with a rattlesnake. Right? Somebody's doing that. They ain't got no common sense. Just like you get on YouTube see some of those Indian people, and I'm not against Indians, but they allow their little kids to play on rugs, and there's, there's uh, cobras with them. Right there, this little girl's playing with his cobra. I ain't got no common sense, but to them, they don't care about cobras. <laughs> them guys ain't got no fear of them. They live around them. Uh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Amen. I don't want no cobra within 100 miles of them. Amen. But you know what the prayer will do and spend the time in sincere, honest prayer? It'll give you common sense. God will make us use our heads. And now think about what you're asking. Think about what you're doing. Reason this thing out. God said, come now, let us... God's reasonable, ain't he? Come now, let us reason together. Common sense. Well, God, I don't know how to solve this problem. Well, you just think about it and use a little bit of common sense. Amen? Where'd you get that? Prayer. God showed it to me right here in the scriptures. Prayer. For everyone, right? Verse 9. 
Number six, verse nine. I say unto you, ask and it shall be what? Given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. You know what else I see about this importunate prayer? That promises are provided. <laughs> he promised. He, he wrote a blank check there, Brother Caleb. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened. What a promise. Isn't that a blessing? There's promises connected in prayer. How much do we use that? How much do we really use that and believe that? Greg Estep, when he signs your Bible, he'll sign Matthew 7, 7. That's where that passage, companion passage in the Bible is. And if you go ask, seek, and knock, if you make an acrostic out of it, A-S-K. Ask, seek, knock. Ask. John Rice wrote a book, Prayer is Asking. Amen? But if all you do is ask and you never receive, that's not real prayer then, is it? Right? Because if you ask and you receive, then you got an answer from which you request. Amen. I'm looking for answers. Call unto me and I will answer thee and I'll show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. When I spend my time in prayer and I'm asking God, I'm expecting God to do it. Now if he delays, he has reasons to delay. Maybe I need to formulate, reformulate my request. Maybe I'm asking something to consume it upon my lust and God says, you know what, Brother Nick? That, you really don't want that. You're asking for a bad thing, but I got something better for you. So by my delay and not answering your prayer, maybe I can move you in prayer to get your heart off of what you're requesting and move your heart in the direction that I want you to go. And sometimes what we're asking for will damage us. Amen. And hurt us instead of help us. And God knows. So his delays doesn't mean no. But it, sometimes he says no. Amen. I've tried to move out of Dayton. God said, no. I tried to sell my house. He had people steal my signs. I tried to leave my job. Can't do it. Right? God told me to get off the road and start a church here in Dayton, Ohio. I said, why? Because my heart was somewhere else. It wasn't in Dayton. Yeah. Right? But God wants me here. So you know what I've done? I've done what God wants me to do. God changed my heart. My heart was in evangelism to travel and go tell everybody about Christ. Christ said, get off the road and start a church. When I started the church, the road left my heart. I can't explain that, how he took the road out of my heart. At one time, that's all that was on my heart was the road. Now I don't want to go. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? God will change your heart in prayer, but the promises are provided. Next, number seven, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much what? How much what? More. <laughs> you know what I see there? There's an abundant supply offered. <laughs> right? Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him that can do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think according to his power that worketh in me. You understand? 
He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think. Wow. He's a God of the impossible. Listen, he said, call, he'd answer. He'd supply. He said, I'll show you great mighty things thou knowest not. Look at what he said in verse 13. If ye then being what? Evil. <laughs> know how to do what? Give good gifts. You think God's a rotten, wretched sinner? He's, if we know how to give good things to our God, I can give my kid the best. You think God wants to give us junk? You think God wants to give us trash? You think God just wants us to be hobos in Jesus' name? Hello? He's, he's willing to answer our prayers and meet our needs, and He's better than any man. And he said, if ye being evil, talking to his disciples, if ye being evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more to the Heavenly Father? Give the Holy Spirit to them and ask him, listen, I got the Holy Spirit of Calvary when I got born again. But I need his fullness. I need his feelings. I need his power. I need his hands. I need his touch. But I have him in my heart. And it's how much he has of me versus how much I have of him. I got all of him I need. But I don't have all of him that I want. And he's waiting on me to decrease that he might increase. So what God wants to do to fill me with his power, he must separate me to the world and from the world and from the flesh and get me to where I can pull into his spiritual little gas station and he can impart something to me. But I you guarantee you, you go take my truck and you go down to the gas station and if it's full of regular gasoline, try to fill it up with high test and see how much you get in there. If my truck's full of high test, go try to put some diesel in there and see how much it goes in there. If it's full of something else. If you got a glass that's 32 ounces that's full of orange juice and you start pouring water into it, what's going to happen? It's going to spill out. But if you don't want to contaminate the product, you must empty out what's in there and fill it up. And that's what I got to do. I got to spend time making sure that I'm emptying myself of self. I must decrease so he can increase. Right? I'm evil. I admit that. I know that. I'm wicked. I'm wretched. I'm vile. And I got to have this guy crucified if I'm going to see God move in and do something. Where's that rock? Where's that one? It's one in prayer. I must find, listen, God's not going to bless me with a, with a radio television clicker in my hand. Amen. And fill me with the Holy Ghost and fill me with his word when I'm plugged into the world. He's not going to come in and knock me out of the chair and say, get on your face and pray. When's the last time God ever knocked you out of the chair? Knocked you out of bed? Knocked you on the ground and said, hey, put your face on the ground. It's time to pray. Listen, God wants you to make time for you. We must make time for God. And if you want to have the power and prayer and blessings, you must isolate yourself and separate yourself unto Him and get along with Him and be in His book and be on your face and to see God do great things. There's an abundant supply offered. How much more? How much more? <laughs> How much more? 
So what, Caleb, if you get a million dollars in the bank, but you ain't full of God, what good would that be? I can enjoy a million dollars. I can spend a lot. But I need God every day of my life more than I need a million dollars. You know what's going to happen? You become a millionaire. You're going to have friends like you never even seen before. And everybody's going to want you to pay off your bills. You know, if you became, if you inherit, you won a lottery, won $100 million, everybody where you work is going to want you to pay their bills off, buy them new cars, buy them houses, and everything else. And when you don't do it, they'll be so mad at you. Hey, man, you have to get a new cell phone. You have to go build your house, put a fence around it, barbed wire. Hey, man, you have to put a moat in there, put crocodiles and prawn in there. And then inside of that, you have to have your pit bulls. And inside of that, you have to have your lines. Right, and then, then you have to have a, a gun tire just to protect you from everybody that wants to bother you because now you got money. Yeah. Ain't that funny? Your family hates you living for Jesus. You come into money and all of a sudden they want you to pay off your bills. Oh, would you pay my bills? You do this. No, I'm not going to do that. What? You don't love me. Yeah, I love you. Hey, <laughs> but I don't want to ruin you because it's ruining me right now. Amen. You think God can trust a Christian with money? My pride thinks, yeah, I can trust him. I trust him. I don't know if I want to be put in that situation where God would entrust me with that kind of money and that kind of responsibility. I just don't know if I can do it. Amen. I want to be like that guy in Proverbs. Lord, feed me with food convenient for me. Amen. Lest I be full and curse God, unless I be in poverty and deny thee. I want, I want to be just right. Amen. Number eight. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to him that ask him? The goodness of God is exalted. In this passage of prayer, God's goodness is exalted. When you learn to pray and you learn to talk to him, you begin to see what God does and how God moves and how God blesses, and you'll be magnifying God for his goodness. <laughs> Why? Because he's listening to you. He's supplying your needs. He's ministering to you. The flesh is put down and God will be exalted. When he answers prayer, it's not for our glory. It's for his glory. It's for his honor. It's for his praise. Everything that's done in our life is for his praise. Revelation 4.11, we are created for what? For his pleasure. <laughs> not for me to go do what I want to do and live the way I want to live. I'm your creation. I'm a vessel of clay that was made by you. You want to destroy this thing and start all over? The Bible said it was marred in the potter's hands. If he wants to destroy this vessel and make it over again, well, go ahead. Who am I to stand in his way? Lord, whatever you want. What, listen, that's why I've turned into a silly putty. <laughs> right? I'm just a piece of clay melted at his feet, say, God, mold me, make me, whatever. Listen, if he wants to use me as an old tin cup or he wants to use me as a bucket, a slop bucket. Amen. I want to be a vessel for you, God. I'm going to make you a slop bucket. Uh, you want to reconsider this? <laughs> huh? You wanted to be used, didn't you? I got to swap the hogs. Put it all in this vessel. You understand? You go down there, feed people. Listen. How about a 55-gallon drum? Or no, we want to be a vase, don't we? A beautiful vase in an in a emperor's palace holding artificial flowers, right? <laughs> I don't want to be like that. Hey, man. What's the most? Styrofoam cups get used a lot, don't they? Huh? I can go forever with a styrofoam cup, plastic cup, plastic water bottle. doesn't matter what type of vessel we are as long as we're taking what we got to take from him to supply the need of others. Right? The best thing I thought about being a pitcher. A pitcher is born by a servant. 
and a servant sits there and he pours out and he ministers to so many people. Amen. Wouldn't that be? I just want to be a picture, Lord. You just flow through me to fill other people's vessels and to help bless other people's lives. Wouldn't that be a blessing? I just want to be a picture. I just want to be poured out for you, God. I just want to be able to pour out in other people's lives. Boy, ain't that a blessing. And you know what? When we wind up doing that and he takes this vessel and we see what we are, we're nothing but uh, instrument in his hands. And then we begin to magnify him. God, how could you use such an unworthy vessel? God, that you decided to bring honor and glory through us. Lord, you be praised. Well, that's what prayer reveals. Number nine, verse 10. Look at what it says in verse 10. Everyone that asketh what? Receiveth, and he that seeketh what? Findeth. Right? And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. I want you to notice the, the, the second, third word of that verse. For what? Everyone. Everyone. You know what I'd like to bring your attention to? Everyone and anyone can get in on prayer. Amen. It don't matter how rich you are, how smart you are, how tall you are. Amen. What color you are. Amen. What gender you are. Listen, God has got prayer that whosoever will can get on their face and call upon Him and they can have Jesus on the main line. Tell Him what you want. Amen. Pull your heart out to Him. He's willing to listen. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Anybody. Everyone can get in on it if they want to. It don't matter how young you are. It don't matter how long you've been in the ministry. You understand? You don't have to be just a preacher. We don't have to go through some priesthood or some religion to get a hold of God. Every individual is a priest in the eyes of God and they have access to the high priest Amen. through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And you can go there and communicate and God can minister to you. Everyone that asketh what? Receive it. <laughs> I mean, how could you pass that up? And you know what we hear at the altar? What do you hear? Can I do my Brother Peacock interpretation? Huh? You hear the crickets chirping? Right? You say what? You hear a bunch of silence. We got a blank check in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to take to God the Father and cash in Whatsoever you ask in my name, he said what? I'd do it. <laughs> A blank check in Jesus' name. Father, I come to you. Your son said I can enter into presence. Your presence through faith is his faith. And God, when I come to you in his, by his faith, amen, with his name, you, you, he said you'd answer this. You know why he said you'd answer this? That you may be glorified in him. So, Father, for your glory, for your honor, I come to you on behalf of thy Son and asking you to fulfill this request for your Son's sake. Whoo! Blank check, brother. <laughs> Amen. Anyone can get in on number 10. Amen. This is, this is a tough one. Verse 5, I say unto you, which of you shall have a friend? And she'll go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me what? Three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey, he's come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. For the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, and I cannot rise and give thee. 
for, for I say unto you, though he will not arise and give him because he's his friend, yet because he's importunity, he'll rise and give him as many as he needeth. Amen. You know, you know what I found out through old time prayer and importunity? It help you be able to forgive inconveniences. Amen. This man was inconvenienced. Amen. Amen. His friend had bad timing, came to him at midnight. His friend was troublesome. This guy was in bed. His friend, guess what? He shows up and he's broke again. <laughs> no money. Yeah. He's in a mess. Yeah. You know what bothers me? People that bother me. Amen. <laughs> Ain't that something? Man, how many times have we got to tell you? You're broke again. You need to put some money aside. You need to save. You need to learn to give. You need to learn to do right. Got to quit blowing your money on cigarettes and drugs and lottery tickets and all that. Hey, man, you need to wind up preparing for tomorrow. There he is. He's done messed up again. He's broke again. Blowing his money on booze and dope and can't get out of his own way. People inconvenience you. Brother, you give me a sandwich. Brother, would you help me? I need gas in my car. Brother, would you do this? Would you do? Why can't you get your act together? Yeah. And you know what? I got to go to God in prayer and say, God, when are these people ever going to grow up? And he goes, yeah, I've been thinking about you too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and God said, oh, so you arrived, huh? Yeah. Let's see. You don't have this in order. You don't have this in order. Uh, what about this and this? Lord, I get to miss it. I get to miss it. You understand? Amen. He's got bad timing. Amen. I've had people call me at midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. Brother, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amen. I got dog to you, man. My life's a mess. I got to get out of bed at 3 o'clock in the morning, go downstairs, and I got to go to work at 5 and try to talk to people and help them through their troubles. Amen. They're troublesome. They're broke. They got bad timing. Amen. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says what? Bear ye one another's burdens. Yeah. So, 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 so fulfill ye the law of God. You know, we got to learn how to bear other per, per, person's burdens. You know what that means? You got to get under his shoulder to load. You got to be able to get under, under that burden. You got to be able to help him lift it up. Amen. Help them up. Climb up. They have an old rock song, I guess it was. It says, he's not heavy. He's my brother. He's around toting around his brother. Carrying his brother around. He says, he's not, they, isn't that heavy? It's not heavy. He's my brother. <laughs> he didn't recognize it as a burden toting his brother around. Amen. You know what? We need to lend our shoulders, lend our minds, Listen, you got talents, you have gifts, you have abilities. You know what we got to do? We got to use them for the glory of God. We can do a whole lot more than we're doing, can we? You know what I've seen? i seen a video yesterday on YouTube, put me under deep conviction. A couple young men, they wind up going in their house or going in a grocery store. They grab some bananas, they grab some fruit. They went and they grabbed some t-shirts and shirts and they went around and they videoed. I don't know why they videoed. But they said, put a video, put a smile on somebody's face. And they're going around to homeless people. And they'd went and tap on them. And they're laying in the streets and they hand them a, a banana and then they hand them a shirt. And this one guy takes the shirt off, puts the shirt on. He's smiling. He's eating his banana. This one girl was there. This one woman was there. She held out her hand. He put some money and stuff in her hand. She's just a smile. 
They're going around just trying to find all these hopeless people, homeless people, and just trying to put a smile on their face. Man, I got under conviction. I go, man, they're trying to do a little something to brighten somebody's day. Yeah. You know, I learned a long time ago that that my attitude, amen, is only controlled by me. And only I have the control of that thing. And I realized when John Maxwell said, today a man takes full responsibility of his attitudes, today he fully, fully grows up. And I took a hold of that thing, and uh, I said, I'm going to change my attitude. And when I signed my name, amen, at work, on every time I signed it, I put a little smiley face on it. I wound up putting a smiley face in my grinder. You say, why? Because I want to smile. <clears throat> you know what else I did? I wound up changing the way I talked to people. You say, how? I meet complete strangers. I say, hey, how you doing, friend? Hey, man. I don't meet a stranger like that. I say, you're my brother. But I go out there, and when I go minister to people, I say, how you doing, friend? I confirm myself, my friend, and, and even other people. I want them to know when they come in, they're a friend. What did Jesus say to Judas when he showed up in the garden, and he's fixing to betray him with a kiss? He said, friend, wherefore art thou come? Jesus looked at a devil and he called him a friend. He said, hey, friend. Hey, man. That's how I approach people, how I face people, when I meet people. Listen, I want to change what I am. I want the power of Christ. I want the love of Christ to flow through me. I want to make a difference in people's lives. Hey, man. Looks beyond their faults. Matthew chapter number five. And, I, and I'm done. Matthew chapter number five. I'm just telling you stuff that I've learned in prayer. Amen. Matthew chapter number five. He says in verse 38. You've heard that it's been said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I like that, don't you? Huh? But that's the law. <laughs> Right? But I say unto you that you resist not evil. Whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him also what? I have an, I have a I have a problem with that. You know you know what you know what you need right there? You need some extra grace to be able to deal with that. Oh Lord, I need some extra grace. Right? Then what's it say in verse forty? If any man will sue thee at law and take away thy coat. Leave him my cloak also. Give him your hat and your scarf and your gloves. Verse 41. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him what? Twain. Not only is there extra grace, verse 40, extra giving. Verse 41, there's extra going. God wants us to have extra grace. He wants us to give extra. And he wants us to go the extra mile. You know what that is? All three of them things, every bit of that leads to a person that's crucified to themselves. Yeah. You know where that comes about? It comes through prayer. Amen. The only way you can give extra is to be crucified to your own wants and self. The only way you can uh, uh, have grace with somebody that's hard to get along with that would smite thee is to have extra grace. The only way you can go through that is through prayer and crucified life. The only way you can go an extra mile with somebody when you don't want to and it's going to put you out It'll put you, I don't want to go there. I don't want to drive you there. I don't want to have to do that. You know what it does? It puts you out. Yeah. 
you got to be crucified and say, I'll go with you an extra mile. See, that selfless acts is what he's trying to show you right there. Verse 42, give to him that asketh thee from him that would borrow from thee, turn thou what? Turn not away. Isn't that, isn't that tough? Verse 48. Well, let's read down through there. 43. You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you. Now this ain't for the church age, but just spiritual applications we can get from it. That ye may be the child, children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even public is the same. If ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Boy, that'd be a good message, wouldn't it? What do you more than others? You're just a nominal Christian. What are you doing more than any other Christian? What about you stands out for Jesus? Man. Man. Do you feel that sword go through? Man. Do not even publicans so? Verse 48. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is what? Perfect. You know what perfect means? It means complete. It means whole. Guess what? Not only do you have extra grace and extra giving and extra going, you have extra growing. The only way you're really going to grow is to spend time in that book and spend time on your face, being alone with God, and then He'll want you to put in practice what you're learning. And that's where the rubber meets the road. And the only way you can be governed and fueled is by praying when He speaks to you through preaching and the Word, and now He wants you to incorporate that into your life. And when you incorporate that into your life, that means you got to go humble yourself and go meet sinners and help them out of the gutter, out of trouble, in a mess. You might have to get your hands dirty to help them. You may have to hear words you don't want to hear. Amen? You may have to smell like smoke when you get done. You may have to grab somebody and help them up and maybe get a little vomit on you. You may have to go in their urine-stained rooms and help them out. I'm telling you, we got to get down where the sinners are at. We got to get our hands dirty, our knees dirty. We got to get involved. Christianity, the rubber's meeting the road. We must be involved. God has tarried and is coming. We must get involved reaching sinners and praying. And old time praying will help us and incorporate into our lives extra grace, extra giving, extra going, and extra growing. Amen. But it's all up to how much we want to spend in prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. And He gives us an example. And then when He gives us that example, He breaks that model prayer down. It's not a petition to be prayed. It's a pattern. And he wants us to break that down and he gives us an illustration. And in that illustration, we've seen all those different things that God does. Burdened hearts are relieved. Empty hands are filled. Closed doors are open. Relationships are strengthened. Common sense is revealed. Promises are provided. 
abundant supply is offered, the goodness of God is exalted, and anyone can get in on it. And he looks beyond our inconveniences. <laughs> he looked beyond my fault and saw my need. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you for the opportunity to preach outside. And Lord, I pray you administer to us and make this message rich and real into my heart as well as the people that are listening right out here amongst us. And Lord, those that may listen to us on uh, YouTube and other things. Lord, we pray your divine blessing upon us. Help us to find them that you're looking for. Help us to be able to reach them. You want help. God, may we be sensitive, alert, aware of your blessings, your leading of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.